This podcast was sponsored by iTron. Check out their resourcefulness report at itron.com resourceful. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Z Prime on the Grid, our show about issues concerning the energy industry. I'm your host, Dylan Lockwood. Joining me, as always, is research analyst Aaron Hardick. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm doing well, Dylan. How are you? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. Our guest this week, the Vice President of Global Marketing and Public Affairs for iTron, Marina Donovan. How are you doing today, Marina? I'm doing well, Dylan. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, Aaron, um, hi to you as well. Hi, Marina. It's it's good to chat with you again. We uh, got to talk a little bit at iTron Utility Week when we had the event. I think that was about uh, two to three weeks ago now. Um, but it's good to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And one of the big things that we did down there at Utility Week, Aaron and I did, is we attend, got to attend a great session with you and various other iTron people, including your CEO. Uh, to discuss a new piece of research you guys came out with that came out alongside that came out at the same time as the event, the uh, resourcefulness report for 2018. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about that re- uh, about the resourcefulness report, what it is, and what you uh, you hope to do with it? Uh, sure, I'd be happy to. Um, the iTron resourcefulness report. Um, in it, we surveyed more than a thousand utility executives and 1,000 consumers in 10 countries around the world. And we were trying to uh, explore the dynamic between utility industry leaders and informed consumers and how they view utilities, resourcefulness, and the challenges faced by the industry overall. And uh, we also wanted to gain insights into how the industry is evolving and what consumers are looking for from their water and energy providers like today and into the future. And we want to compare this year's results with previous year's results. Uh, This is our fourth one, um, and we were just trying to gauge how awareness, perceptions, and sentiments have changed over time. And then, of course, focus on the pillars of resourcefulness, effectiveness, efficiency, and sustainability. So, Marina, I have a question around kind of the demographics of the study. When you say you surveyed around a thousand informed consumers, what does that mean? What is the difference between um, just surveying regular consumers versus an informed consumer? The informed consumer uh, had to be somebody with um, a certain level of education as well as someone that was interested in this space. Okay. I think, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense because a lot of times, you know, some consumers can't, don't even have a lot of that entry level baseline level of knowledge around, uh, around the utility space and resourcefulness. So I I think it makes sense. And one thing you just also mentioned were the three pillars of resourcefulness, effectiveness, efficiency, and sustainability. Can you talk about how each of those three things contributes to resourcefulness? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I think, um, and I think that there's kind of a backdrop to that as well. Um, inefficiency and waste are a common concern for consumers and utilities in general. So, for example, two trillion gallons of water are lost each year in the U.S. Lost to leaks. Uh, worldwide, over three trillion cubic feet of natural gas is lost due to leaks and system inefficiencies 
in the distribution system, amounting to over $30 billion in lost revenue. And according to our research, nearly one in two consumers believe we're being already being wasteful with our water, gas, and electricity. But um, having said that, I think when I looked at the stats on the um, effectiveness, uh, people talked about they want high-quality, reliable, and safe supplies of resources. Um, on the efficiency front, we want to avoid the waste of resources and the provision of water, energy, and gas uh, to its citizens. And then the third pillar, sustainability, is really about minimizing the impact on the environment when providing water and energy services. To follow up on that piece about wastefulness, this is an actually very interesting part of the report. So in in the report, it says half of utility executives across this year's international sampling believe their utilities are running efficiently. But like you just said, nearly one out of two consumers think their utility is wasteful. What do you what do you think about this? What do you think about utilities? Half of them saying they're doing we're doing things efficiency efficiently, but more consumers. Um, it doesn't sound like they necessarily believe that. Why do you think that is? Well, I think I mean consumers. I mean I can report to what the uh, the survey said. I mean consumers cited several concerns on their perceptions of utility wastefulness and and uh, and I think there's just a lot more information out there, both on social media and um, you know being published that people uh, can talk about these things. But our research indicated 31% said their systems are antiquated, causing leaks and waste. Uh, that was followed by too little use of renewable energy uh, at 23%. And then the third highest area was about not adopting innovative new technologies to be more efficient. The idea of not adopting new enough technologies to be more efficient, I think it's kind of I guess I would say it's kind of funny um, that some, in my opinion, that some consumers would consider that wasteful because I guess just being in the industry, you know that there are a lot of other challenges associated with uh, technology adoption right now uh, for a lot of utilities. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that consumers view that as wasteful because I, I would venture to say they don't know the whole breadth of issues that utilities are facing um, when it comes to adopting new technology, but I, I could also see how uh, they would view that as wasteful. So more narrowly, what specifically do customers want utilities do to uh, create a more resourceful future? Well, I think it stems around two main themes. Uh, one we just talked about around technology, and the second one is around education. Um, on the technology front, consumers care about their energy bills. I mean, that's one tried and true stat. I mean, if you want to get people engaged, figure out a way to lower their bill. So I think on the technology front, simple things like doing demand response programs and using smart appliances, those are simple technologies that uh, can get the consumer engaged as well as help everybody, including the environment. And then I think the second part of that is about education and engagement. And uh, in, our, in our survey, it says 58% of consumers want more information about how to conserve energy, be more water-wise, and save money on their utility bills. So things like demand response programs can, can actually put them in control and empower them to do so. It's interesting that, that the consumers want the education. It makes sense. But we've, we've talked a lot on the show about how there are a lot of people in the industry who are saying that one of the keys to 
having better consumer relations in the future is uh, is educating the public about how you know how, not only just how they can conserve energy, but uh, what you know all the steps they can do to to lower their bill and to you know help help with uh, help with like their ecological footprint and that sort of thing. Um, and it looks like it's it it's not just that. It's not just us that's talking about it. It seems that customers are also uh, are also hungry for it, which is which uh, is something that I was really excited to see in the data. Um, on the technology side, you were talking uh, you talked about demand response and smart appliances, but like smart appliances are things that a, that a customer buys. Are there any other uh, technologies that customers are really pushing? For utilities to uh, adopt or get involved in, uh, that is a good question. I think um, in, in terms of consumer engagement, it could be things like the social media and being plugged in. But with the, the example I provided earlier with demand response, I mean that gives a consumer more awareness about their specific energy usage and you know times that you know the, the rates might be higher. So um, things like uh, there was a program on uh, bring your own thermostat and being able to program your thermostat to help um, to help save money on your bill as well as conserve energy. Well, and doing too. I mean, I, I think we should also remember that uh, Marina said that a lot of 23% of customers said that they think their utility doesn't use enough renewable energy. Um, so maybe education around why renewable adoption is a little bit difficult would help, you know, raise that consumer awareness on at least some of the challenges utilities are trying to address to see that they're working towards resourcefulness. Maybe they're not, the utilities aren't to the resourcefulness level that consumers would like to see today, but education will play a major role in kind of bringing the two groups together on a common understanding of of what, of how to achieve resourcefulness both now and in the future. No, absolutely. I, I totally agree. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's absolutely right. I, I think part of it is definitely that um, the discussion around renewables uh, is framed in public a lot different than it is uh, in discussions among energy professionals. So I think that, uh, that you're right, that this, that, these kind of education efforts will allow utilities to frame the discussion around renewables in a way that makes sense for, in a way that makes sense for the consumers and the utility industries. But Marina, uh, most everyone agrees that being more resourceful is important, but there seems to be a lot of uh, finger pointing when it comes to who is responsible for driving more resourcefulness. Like the education part's important, but like customers are, you know, also responsible for, you know, buying the devices or inst or making the right decisions in home ownership that will, you know, lead to more energy efficiency because customers have to adopt some of these technologies themselves. They have to give the feedback to the utility about what it is they want. So, so yeah, what do you think is causing all this discussion and disagreement about who's responsible for driving resourcefulness? Well, I mean, according to the research, and it varies in country to country, but in the U.S., utilities think consumers are best to to achieve resourcefulness. But consumers are saying, no, no, no. We think it's utilities are better equipped to, you know, to create resourcefulness. But interestingly, neither group thinks the government 
um, involvement or regulation is the best path forward. But I, I, my point of view is is that I think it's um, everyone plays a role. We've all got a role, and it's not up to one group. It's it's up to all of us. So why do you think why do you think the data showed that? Why why, uh, why do you think that what do you think is causing that divide where the utilities think that the consumers should drive the resourcefulness and the consumers should uh, think that the utility should be driving resourcefulness? Well, l- let me cut in there real quick, uh, Marina, before you answer that. Dylan, I don't know if you remember this part of the report, but it also says that this hasn't changed over the past few years. So as in previous years, consumers and utilities both believe that the other is better positioned to improve resourcefulness. So this isn't something that was new in this year's report. This is something that they've actually seen and the resource that we've seen in the resourcefulness report since its inception in 2014, that both groups feel like each other are responsible. So I guess with with that piece of information, Marina, why do you think that it has consistent, we've seen this consistently over the past four years that both groups are kind of just like, you do it, no, you do it. Um, why do you think that is? Uh, well, and then I'm really basing this on the report, and I think it, I think it all depends too on where you're coming from. But the report indicates it may have to do with government regulation. Um, and when we asked, because when we asked utilities, you know, what are the top barriers to infrastructure investment, they respondents cited government regulation, delaying investment is number one, and then two was lack of clarity of government regulation was second. So. I think that might be the delay, and that's why we kind of haven't progressed from where we were. But I would say that we all have a role to play, and, and even if on the and, and in terms of educating consumers on what consumers can do to help lower the bills and conserve, um, as well as utilities continuing to you know work with their utilities commissions to push regulations through that are going to serve the greater good. But I, I think to add on to that, because I completely agree with you, I think that everybody has a role to play. And I think one of the things contributing to this, uh, each group saying that the other should play a bigger role, is that there really, like we said, there isn't really a good common understanding of, of how to achieve resourcefulness. So I think that inherently uh, makes different groups of people say, well, they're not doing enough. We're trying our best. And uh, the other group to say, well, that group's not actually doing enough. We're already trying our best. There's not a really common understanding of how to move forward. The other thing that the report brings up, which I think contributes to this, is that three out of four consumers say that electricity electricity is currently overpriced. So as a consumer, you're sitting there and you feel like you pay too much for your electricity and then you're seeing, you know, maybe the resourcefulness report and seeing that utilities think consumers should do more to contribute to resourcefulness. Taking, you know, playing devil, devil's advocate as the consumer, you know, I'm supposed to sit here and do more, but also continue to pay what I feel like is too much for electricity. Um, so I can see where that could kind of contribute to some of this divide. Um, but that also, you know, prices are tied to, you know, regulation and, Marina, what you were just talking about. Um, so it really, from what I can tell, it really does all wrap up into this big, just, I don't want to call it a big misunderstanding, but a mis- I guess misalignment or lack of common understanding on how to achieve resourcefulness. Yeah, and I think that's where, uh, you know, I mean, the, 
utilities have an opportunity to educate their local communities, and each community has different issues and um, you know different challenges and opportunities. But I think that the more engagement they are, and I think you'll see more, it'll be different with the millennials. Uh, the more the more they're going to be able to to get to that common ground. I think that does make sense. New ways of engaging and sharing information with customers will inherently improve problem solving and collaboration across utilities and customers. So if, you know, social media is that channel, um, then maybe, yeah, maybe there will be more of a a common ground uh, between, between the two groups. Yeah, I agree. And I think social media plays a huge role. Well, we've seen that in our, uh, we've seen that in some research we've been doing at Z Prime that while customers still primarily use websites uh, to engage with their utility, uh, I think over the past two years, um, social media engagement has been on the rise, and uh, that's that's definitely what we believe. Uh, Z Prime research that social media is going to play a huge role um, in consumer engagement in the next few years. Right. 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 I mean, I think you need the website, too, because the good thing about the social media is you can, this is just from a marketing perspective, you can push out the timely information to your consumers. But when consumers just want to look up something, you know, how do I save, how do I save money on my bill? Then they need to go to, they need to go somewhere that has that repository. Absolutely. How to to do that. Yeah. So you got to have both for sure. Yeah. It just speaks to that, uh, the growing, you know, the mix, the growing areas and different ways that utilities can now engage with customers, which we're seeing, you know, evolve in in so many different ways. But yeah, like you said, I think each channel is going to serve a different purpose. I think the website is always going to be there. There are some people that won't ever engage with the utility via social media, but may always pay their bill online. Um, So I don't think that's going away. I think it's figuring out how to leverage, Mm -hmm. leverage each of those channels. Are millennials killing the utility information gap? More on this later. <laughs> so I, I want to just go back to one thing you said real quick. Um, I th- I, we've kind of discussed this at length, but I think just one thing, one point of comparison I think is, would be is interesting is uh, what are the differences in the international responses over responsibility and resourcefulness? Um, what are the international responses in comparison to the U.S. responses? Tell us about uh, the U.S. utility market and U.S. utility customers. In terms of who's best suited to improve resourcefulness, I mean, in the U.S., as we said, consumers say it should be utilities and utilities say it should be consumers. Nobody said government, which I thought was interesting. And the only other country out of the 10 countries that had the same response was France, interestingly, or actually, yeah, France. And um, But in some countries, Utilities say it's government, and consumers say it's utilities in countries like Canada, which isn't a surprise. So I just think it it just really depends on the country and how it's set up. Um, Only one country had where where consumers said it was utilities and utilities said it was utilities, and that was Sweden, which I thought was interesting. So we we could dig more into that for future studies. That is very interesting. I don't know anything about that, but that is actually very interesting that they're the only country that both put, I don't want to say put the blame, but both yeah. had a common agreement on, on who was more responsible. Interesting. Yeah. 
what are some of the obstacles that utilities have noted in achieving uh, greater resourcefulness? Um, I think, you know, some of the obstacles, like I mentioned, we had government regulation, um, but respondents cited the following as barriers, um, things like uncertainties in the future of the industry, uh, difficulties with prioritizing where to invest, um, lack of funding, whether public or private, and just needing more time. And um, as, as I we talked about earlier, you know, consumer education is a growing concern. Um, 77% of utility executives cite consumer education as a growing or urgent concern. I think there's an interesting parallel there, which could be useful in the consumer education part, because, um, yeah, money and money and time being obstacles to uh, greater resourcefulness for the utility. Well, those are the same obstacles that the consumer has in achieving greater uh, resourcefulness, greater efficiency. Uh, money for the devices and time to do the appropriate research. Uh, so I, I think that I think that kind of common ground is a very easy way to uh, start broaching that communication gap, like uh, you were talking about earlier, Aaron. I think one of the other things. So what sticks out to me in the list that uh, Marina you just uh, mentioned to us, or, or just listed off those, those barriers. Um, is the difficulty in prioritizing where to invest. We're seeing this a lot at Z Prime. Utilities are struggling with how to uh, manage information, and I'm going to say it, data, uh, to figure out how to in make investments. Um, regulation, uh, the regulatory environment is changing somewhat, and that is, is also adding difficulty on how to, to prioritize investment. Um, but big data is playing a huge role in this. Utilities are collecting overwhelming amounts of data. And now comes the challenge of managing it, analyzing it, and making it useful for their organizations. Um, so I think that's, that's going to play a huge role. And this is mentioned uh, in the ITRON uh, resourcefulness report. Um, that, that the idea of big data will help efficiency, but there is that inherent concern around uh, data security, cybersecurity. 63% of uh, utilities aren't managing their data at all. And that just means that, I, well, I would hope that means that that 63% will begin to use their data. But once they do, that invokes uh, more risk around uh, cybersecurity, but I think that the the difficulty with prioritizing where to invest it, it it's something very relevant and definitely um, an issue that we're seeing. Uh, two other um, big barriers that you mentioned, Marina, are for public funding and private funding. Um, there is a use case mentioned in the in the report, the envision uh, the envision Charlotte case, um, and I yes. guess the result of a public-private collaboration. Can you talk about how Envision Charlotte kind of addressed some of these obstacles and, and their project? Yep, it's a, it's a great example of resourcefulness um, through collaboration. So Envision Charlotte's Smart Energy Now program, the folks behind that worked with the local utility, Duke Energy, and they reduced the energy consumption in some of the biggest users of energy in the town the 61 commercial buildings with more than 10,000 square feet in size. 
And in the first five years, the program saved over $25 million in energy costs, which is equivalent to a year's worth of power for 10,000 homes. So that's a great example. And, and this really, uh, this is another, this is a case um, that came from, from better leveraging and analyzing uh, energy data. Uh, is, is that not correct? It sounds like, um, you know, students and students were helping collect some of the smart yes. data. Um, and this ties yep. back to kind of that, that education, education piece. We need to have younger people um, working on these issues before, as students, before entering into the industry. I think. Um, so I'd like that, you know, it touches on the Envision Charlotte case, you know, it touches on that public-private collaboration, that funding issue. They they engage students, that education issue, um, and then the leveraging data. Uh, so it really is a good, it sounds like it really is a good use case to look at on how to overcome some of these big barriers. Yep, absolutely. And um, I totally agree with you. We need to attract, you know, the next generation into this industry because they've got just a different mindset and a different perspective. And I think that they can, you know, help us move along these initiatives, right, which will which will create a more resourceful world. I was just um, actually talking to the general manager of, of Austin Energy. Um, so I live in Austin, which I'm assuming our listeners know. Um, and Austin Energy is is my uh, utility. And Jackie Sargent, the general manager there, I was speaking to her at a program that they were launching in partnership with the city of Austin called EVs for Schools. And what this program does is they go to schools and they install a charging station. But with the charging station, um, there's a curriculum that is going to be taught in environmental science classes and I think another class, but really the the uh, the cornerstone of that curriculum is environmental sustainability. Um, and this is just for high schools. And so the Envision Charlotte case, engineering students, that means, you know, colleges, universities. But um, I think, yeah, this idea of environmental sustainability, thinking about how to solve challenges um, in an environmentally sustainable way is, is really important. So it's encouraging to see um, Charlotte doing this uh, in a different way, but as well as, as Austin. So Marina, I'm assuming you guys are going to continue to uh, release these reports over the, over the next uh, couple of years at least, right? Yep. That's the plan. Uh, so are there any, are there any lessons you've learned or anything that you're particularly looking forward to, uh, to seeing change in the next time around? Uh, yes, and I think it has to be around, uh, you know, what does that resourceful future look like? And then how much will we have progressed, um, you know, from the last study? So, for example, uh, the number one unmet need from the utility executives is the desire to integrate renewables into their resource mix. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um the other thing that came out was one in three consumers would take advantage of demand response programs, um, which I thought was was great. Again, they can save money and puts them more in control of their energy bill. Um, and you're seeing what happens with infrastructure spending as one of the top three threats to energy and water delivery. And that'll be interesting to see how it plays out because as as we know, it would take trillions of dollars to replace the infrastructure, 
But with technologies out there with different types of sensors, at least utilities can prioritize where the problem spots are and start there as opposed to having to uh, tackle ripping and replacing. So it'll be interesting to see what progress we can see there. We've, we've got some really interesting pilots going on right now, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. And then um, I think smart cities will play a big role. And there's been a lot of talk on that, but I think it'll be interesting, especially in the U.S., to see how you know, how much further along we've come. I mean, we've you hear about cities like Miami and Chicago making inroads, but uh, it'll be interesting to see the next study, um, what other cities have followed. So it, it's an exciting time, for sure. Erin, are there any trends that you're going to want to keep an eye on uh, between about resourcefulness going forward? Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's just, it's definitely going to be interesting next year taking a look at, again, who thinks, who is responsible um, see how far along we've come and try to bridge that gap. Um, one thing Marina mentioned, uh, which I just I was just thinking of it as she mentioned it, that um, consumers are very interested in demand response. I'd be interested in looking at how many consumers are enrolled in demand response programs, how many are not enrolled, but the utility offers a demand response, and then how many are not enrolled because the utility does not offer a demand response. I don't know. I'm just, this is just an hypothesis, but I would venture to say that there are a lot of uh, utility customers out there that aren't involved in demand response programs because they're just simply unaware that their utility offers them. And so maybe we'll see that number shoot up as customer engagement um, is improved at utilities, even making sure consumers are aware, are aware that these programs and services exist. So um, I'll be keeping an eye out on that next year as well. And then, of course, like Marina said, smart cities. Um, people are becoming, utilities are becoming smarter with their data. They're, at least they're now realizing that they have a ton of it and there is a lot of potential in it. And I think over the next year is when there will be a lot of pilots around how to better leverage data, whether it is on the customer side or if it's on uh, the operations side. Um, there's already a ton of IoT and IOT uh, devices and sensors out there on the network. So how do we start to love, how do utilities start to leverage data in, in better ways and create uh, meaningful partnerships out of it? So those are a few things that I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for on the next report. I think it's going to be interesting to see how all these trends develop. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so thanks for, thank you, Marina, and thank you for iTron for uh, giving us a, a lot to think about in regards to um, in regards to resourcefulness and the relationships between customers and utilities and regu and regulators in regards to creating a more resourceful future, which is of course a, a common goal. Uh, where can people find the resourcefulness report? iTron.com forward slash resourceful. Excellent. Uh, thank, well, thank you for being on the show and discussing this valuable research with us. Thank you. I appreciate it, and I hope I, your listeners find it valuable. Well, I certainly hope so, too. Uh, I know Aaron and I found it valuable, um, as well as the time we spent at Utility Week. So thank you. Thanks to iTron for having us down there and for sponsoring this series of shows on it. Um, thank you. We appreciate it. Aaron, thanks for being on and really 
really knocking it out of the park. Thanks, Dylan. <laughs> and thank you, Marina. I was excited to talk about this report. I mean, this has 64 pages of very useful information. So if our listeners are not finding it useful, I don't know what else we can reference you to. So um, thank you, Marina, for the conversation. And I'll continue to you know comb through this report because I think there is a lot of valuable information in here. Yeah, thank you. To find our research and media, you can go to etsinsights.com. Uh, you can find Aaron and I on social media at Aaron underscore Hardick, at D.Y. Lockwood, and Z Prime's at Z Prime underscore research. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time. Oh,